or its sponsors. The coffee is brewed, phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Coming through the door I think we've met somewhere before Hello, love Good morning Hello, love Where in the world have you been so long? I missed you so since you've been gone Hello, love We have missed you if you've been gone But we're glad that you are here right now Make yourself feel right at home I hope you plan on staying long Come in, love Come on in. Come in, love. Sit down, set a spell, spend some time with us. Grab yourself a little orange juice or coffee or whatever you're drinking this morning. I've got uh, my usual uh, uh, S. Pellegrino water this morning. I call it the green water. It's not green water. It's a green bottle, but the S. Pellegrino water, bubbling and feeling good. And I've got my uh, coffee. Almost done with a cup of coffee this morning. You are in the Powerade world this morning? I am, but I cheated this morning for... First Pepsi I've had in a while here at the station. You went for I bought Pepsi? it yesterday. Really? It sat in there. I could hear it talking to me, Howard. Hello, Bob. I'm here. Think how good I will taste That's if you exactly drink me. what he was saying to me. You're still <laughs> off the Pepsi? Well, you know, we went out to lunch yesterday. Waitress came over and said, uh, you know, what, what do you want to drink? And it was like, it was instinct. Oh, I'll have a Pepsi. So, no, it wasn't like that day that you and I were at the buffet. I think we had what fourteen pieces. Oh my god! That was, <laughs> well, Michael was our server. Kept he, bringing us. He was. You had tipped him tremendously ahead of time, so he wasn't going to let us go. Michael treated us pretty good. <laughs> he did. He did indeed. Uh, coming up in a minute or two, we'll talk to Martha Zollers. Martha is a uh, broadcaster, uh, a writer, a podcaster uh, out of Georgia, but. Um, She's just won the Woman of the Year for her Talkers Magazine, as a matter of fact. We'll talk to her about Nikki Haley. So she's got some thoughts on Nikki Haley, and I wanted to talk about Haley and what chance does she have and, and the whole presidential thing. You know, is Trump a done guarantee or is he a done done? We'll talk about that with Martha coming up a bit later on in just a bit. She is a little different perspective than I have. She comes to things from the right side of the aisle, and I, um, well, don't. Let's be brutally, brutally honest about it. So we'll talk to Martha coming up. Uh, in just a bit. And then Brad Macklin is coming in, and there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in Charleston that Brad's going to tell us about and update us on the details of and so on. But, you know, I've been looking at a lot of these stories out of Charleston, the legislature, and I've been forming instinctive reactions to whether they're good or bad. And then I stop and I say to myself, am I, am I right? Are my instincts right? I want to get a little what I call a gut check here. I want to get a gut check from someone else. Someone who sometimes has a different perspective than I do and can give me a different point of view. So I'm going to run down two or three of these, these stories, Bob. These issues are all in different stages of passage. None of them, I don't think, have actually passed. They're in different stages of passing in the legislature in Charleston, some in the House, some in the Senate, some in committee, and some, but they're being talked about. Uh, number one, which you and I talked about a couple of days ago, do you think that booking photos, as in your mug shots when you're arrested, should they be made public or kept secret? No, I think you, you committed the crime. They took the picture, uh, put it out there. 
The argument is you allegedly committed the crime. You know, I mean, it's just you're just charged. But I'm with you. I, I mean, speaking as a member of the media, I think we should have access to that if the time comes. So, uh, under the proposal in Charleston, booking photos would no longer be made available to the public. That's a bill pending in the House. Uh, has not yet passed, but it's uh, it is continuing. So, all right. So Bob and I are kind of on the same uh, the same uh, same page as that one. Bob, I think you and the watchdogs talked about this yesterday, at least, or maybe you talked about it in the hallway. I'm not sure. They're talking about allowing uh, students who are on school sports teams to also be part of travel teams. Have you followed that story? I have, and I've lived that. You know, it's it, it, it's a it's it's tough. It's a fine line. Uh, uh, travel sports do, does a lot of good things, but in my opinion, they, they they create some problems too. I think when you're that age, and if you're on a high school team, that ought to be your commitment. Uh, guys my age, I don't think would even practice with another team for fear that they would get hurt and not be able to play for their school. So I know attitudes have changed, Howard, but I'm not big on that. I, I, I think you're just spreading yourself a little bit too thin. Bill's pending in the legislature in West Virginia that uh, I have feelings on, but I want to see if my feelings are right. So far, you and I are on the same team, same side of this. Is that scary? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about no longer requiring work permits for 14-year-old kids to go to work. Now, the work permit is issued by the school. And the, 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 the point of the work permit is you shouldn't be allowed to go to work if you are not going to school because you're required to go to school at 14. But they're talking about no longer requiring work permits. So 14-year-olds could go to, to work without having any work permit, which theoretically means without even attending school. What do you think? School should have no bearing on what I do away from school. If I keep my grades up and I'm not a problem, good morning, Mr. Blake, and you know, <laughs> I, I, my attendance isn't, isn't a problem also, they should have no bearing what I do after school. I think the point of the work permit, though, is to make sure you're going to school. Okay, then we have a problem then. You know, you could say, hey, look, this kid shouldn't be working because he's not going to school. But just to me to have to go through that, jump through that hoop to get a get a permit from them, I I just, I'm not crazy about that. There we go. Now we disagree. So that's okay. There we go. See, I, I think that you need to have, I think. That school doesn't rule me, Howard. No, I, no, but, but I, I, I think you sh I think 14-year-old kids are supposed to be in school. You got to at least have verification they're in school, which is what the work permit does. But okay, I get that. Um, there, I, this is close to passage, allowing teachers to carry concealed weapons in school. Yeah, that's that's what really has got me. I'm, I'm a gun person, been a gun person my whole life. Uh, do not appreciate handguns. Uh, don't own a handgun, never owned a handgun. If one was given to me or I inherited one, I got rid of it because they even scared me when I was a little kid. To, to arm these uh, teachers... School officials who, who have not had any training. And, Howard, we've seen it in the past. Armed officers who's been trained and trained and trained some more, they froze up. They didn't want to go in there and, and, and where the active uh, shooter was. What makes you think this history teacher is going to turn into John Wayne? I think that it's more likely that you'll have friendly fire, that that, that, that's, that that'll that's allow— Look, you're still as dead whether the terrorist shoots you or the gym teacher shoots you. You're, you're still shot. And I think more guns in the classroom is not the answer. And I'm a little leery of the history teacher that says, yeah, I want to sign up for that. Really? Because they, my sense is they want to be John Wayne. They do. And I can see about protecting yourself. I could see that argument saying, look, I want to carry a gun. But that person is just saying, in case that happens, they're not saying, look, I'm going to run to the shooter and get into a shootout with him. Because I don't think that history teacher will. I don't have a problem with armed people in the school if they are law enforcement officers. 
uh, if they are retired veterans properly trained to be resource officers. But I'm not keen on just telling teachers, go ahead and pack heat if you want to. Yeah, and it's crazy, Howard. You know, we, we protect our assets, whether it's a museum, uh, a bank. We, we, we dig in our pockets and we, we, we pay professionals. But yet we don't want to do that when it comes to school. We, we want to give the, the teachers guns. I, I just don't like it. I think it's, I think it's crazy. It's uh, all right. So we pretty much agree on most of these. I'm going to leave a couple more of them for later because I want to get to Martha Zollers coming up next here. Um, but uh, Brad McElhinney coming in from the legislature, from Metro News, covering the legislature in about half an hour or so. We'll talk about your mother things. was a school teacher. Can you see her packing heat? I cannot. No, I cannot. My mother was great at negotiating with kids. But again, it was a long time ago, too. Things were different, I suppose, back then. All right. We're going to talk to Martha Zollers coming up next. I want to talk about Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley says she's not giving up. She's not quitting. Does she have any shot at all in the to, to get the nomination? I, I think there's one thing we've got to look at. I want to see what Martha Zollers thinks about that. She's coming up next. Hey there, Dave Weekly here, your host from Metro News Hotline. Get ready for an epic journey every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. We've got all the excitement you need from sports to tech, music, pop culture, and everything in between. Join Coop and I as we bring you engaging discussions, captivating interviews, fun games, and the latest sports and entertainment headlines that will keep you hooked. Metro News Hotline is your go-to source for sports, news, entertainment, and most importantly, fun. Tune in weekdays from 3 to 6 on Metro News and WVMetroNews.com. The Highlands is the Ohio Valley's top spot for shopping, dining, and entertainment, too. Play a round of simulated golf at the Four Seasons course. Grab a movie with family or friends at the Marquee Cinemas, featuring 14 screens of the hottest new movies in all digital and 3D. Plus, special promotions like Flashback Cinema. Or visit the Highlands Sports Complex with turf, courts, climbing wall, and an arcade. Shopping, dining, and entertainment. Just off I-70 at the top of the hill, the Highlands. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. He has his say. You can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. I know I'm not your first love. There's been others before me But I'm the one that's got you now That's all that matters to me Thursday is always country bumper music here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It's 8.20, 20 after the hour. It is a lot warmer than it's been the last few days. We were in the 20s and even the, low, the high teens over the last couple of days. But today we're hitting 50 degrees at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. It's 49 at the Highlands. 42 in my backyard in Elm Grove and 47, still 47 here. We're dropping. I got 46. 46 degrees here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. 
Time for a little political talk this morning. Martha Zollers is with us. She has never been with us before, but she is a uh, political commentator, a talk show host out of Georgia, podcaster, a writer, and uh, I am told a thoughtful person. She went, is it this year or last year, Martha, you won the uh, Women of the Year for Talkers magazine, too? It was for 2023. Thank you for having me. And I'll be going in June uh, to, I guess, give my crown to the next one. (laughs) (laughs) I used to I used to go to those conventions all the time and uh, visit with Michael and the gang. And but I I haven't been there for a while. Maybe I'll go and see. I'll go and see you turn over the crown. Yeah, you should go. Um, It's at Hofstra University, which is on Long Island. And it's a beautiful location. And it's 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 a slow-paced, fast-paced day, if that makes sense. Uh, it is. Again, been there a number of times. I just have not in recent years, so uh, very good. Uh, Martha, I, I wanted to talk about Nikki Haley. This week she said she's not giving up. She's hanging in. Um, I don't know how long she's hanging in, but she says even if she loses in South Carolina, she's going to keep on uh, staying in, in, the, in the primary fight. Does that make any sense, or why do you think she's doing that? Well, I I think, number one, if you look historically, Ronald Reagan stayed in all the way to the end in 76. George H.W. Bush stayed in all the way to the end in 80. And, you know, I could go on. This is kind of a new concept to say you should get out so the other person can have it all to themselves. So from that standpoint, I understand what she's saying. If I were her, I would stay in through Super Tuesday because she could, you know, have a turnaround not necessarily to win, but to get enough delegates to have a voice at the convention. I think that's what this is about. Now, personally, I like Nikki Haley a lot. I'm going to be voting for her in my Georgia primary because I believe that you should vote your conscience in a primary and then get behind whoever wins that primary. When you start meddling with Um, oh, well, this is the strategy for the general election. You shouldn't vote in the primary or you should only vote for this person in the primary. I think it undermines really what primaries are about. Now, in fairness, we haven't had the kind of debates we should. We haven't had the kind of, and I'm I'm pretty sure we're not going to see a Trump-Biden debate if that's what it ends up being. So we're not going to get that kind of discussion in this election cycle, which is going to be very different than what we've ever seen before. Is uh, the, one of the reasons I think it's wise for her to stick in for at least a bit longer is I'm still not a hundred percent sure Trump is going to end up making it all the way through to the to being the nominee. I you mean, know, I, she's right that he's going to be in court for the next four months. She's right that she's he spent almost seventy five million dollars of of political contributions on uh, court cases. And, you know, so she's right about a lot of things she said. And I've had a number of my friends that are going to vote for Trump that have said, um, yeah, boy, she's right about what she's saying about the chaos. But but I just think Trump will do a better job. And that's all well and good. That's And you know what? That's what primaries are about. I don't lose friends over differences in political opinions. I just don't do that. Um, so I think we ought to have the debate and the discussion. And I think she says a lot of things that people like. I think, they're, though, the Trump, the Trump allure is just very, very strong. For me, he's got to win me back. I'm kind of I'm kind of like Kaylee McEnany, where she said, we have established that the Trump people are not going to leave him no matter what. How, what are you going to do about the 30 percent of Republicans that are unhappy with you? How are you going to win them back? And, 
you know, he gets mad about that. He, 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 he's a difficult guy, but he did do a good job. I'll give him that. How, what percentage of, of Republican voters do you think, and you're a lot closer to that than I am because I ain't one, uh, are really deep into guaranteed support for Trump. I know so many people who say, yes, Trump, 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 especially here in West Virginia where we're a deep blood red state. But um, I, I wonder when push comes to shove, how many are, are, are that committed to Trump? How many actually recognize things like what Nick Haley's been saying, Nikki Haley's been saying, and so on? With, he brings chaos with him. What's his well, what's his actual literal base, do you think? So former President Trump likes to quote polls all the time, okay? And the polls do show him ahead, and I would say that number's at about 40% um, of Republican voters are hardline Trump voters. Uh, it's more in my state. It's more in your state, okay? I'm in the minority in my state, and that's okay. I don't mind. You know, I know what I believe, and I don't mind being in the minority. Uh, but... I think what's interesting is you can't quote the polls saying you're winning and not quote the cross tabs that say if you get convicted of something, about 30 percent of these people are going to drop off. Right. Because even though we say we don't believe in the system anymore, most of us still do. Most of us still look at a court as if they make a decision and you go through the process and you get convicted. And, yes, you may go on appeal or whatever, but that generally people trust that in general. And that's why when we were talking about January 6th a couple of years ago, I said let's look at the court cases because courts are the least political thing. You can say all you want about about the judges and who appointed them and all that kind of stuff, but if you really look at the data, the least political organizations that we have in our country are the courts. Uh, you wouldn't you would not hear that from Donald Trump, however. No, you would not. And look, I think they treat him unfairly. I think half the things he got charged with, more than half, were just trumped up charges, if you will. My biggest concern about his cases were the document cases. And I don't think he should have been charged because historically um, Pence hasn't been charged. Biden hasn't been charged. There's a long list. Clinton hasn't been charged. And they all took documents. But I also believe when the Library of Congress says, hey, give this stuff back, you don't you know, you give it back. You don't you don't put polo shirts, which is what he said. Well, I couldn't give it back because I'd mixed it up with my personal stuff and there were golf shirts in there. That's not a good answer, Mr. Trump. And and, and that is is one of the differences between Trump and the others is that he's been uh, uh, belligerent. Should I say that? Recalcitrant, at least um, in returning them. And you, you, you haven't got that same attitude from from Pence or from Biden. But but Trump has just been very you know, jutting his jaw and I'm, it's mine, I'll do it. So we'll, we'll have to see. Do you, do you think, I mean, just wild guesses, do you think Trump will be on the ballot? I think that it's more likely that Trump will be the nominee than Biden. I think Biden is still reeling from that report a couple of weeks ago. And now more and more people in his own party think that he is not competent to run again. All you got to do is there's, there's some audio out there of him talking about the Russian dissident who was recently killed, and he was saying something three years ago compared to what he's saying now. All you have to do is listen to an audio of him speaking three years ago and him speaking now, and there is no doubt. I deal with a, 
I deal with my mother-in-law who's got Alzheimer's. I live with it every day. Um, I'm not saying he has Alzheimer's, but he definitely has cognitive decline. So I think it's a lot more likely he won't be on the ballot than Donald Trump won't be on the ballot. Well, I'm going to I'm going to somewhat disagree with you, but then take take the next step. But I I I don't think he has significant cognitive decline. I think he he has he's aging as we all are. God knows I'm aging. I'm 70 years old and I can't do. Yeah quite as what I did, you know, when I was 50. I, I recognize that. Uh, I, I don't think that Trump or that uh, Biden is, is incapable in, in of being president. But having said that, if not Biden, what happens then? I mean, what do the Democrats do? I think what happens is they get to the convention. President Biden makes some kind of speech um, releasing his delegates. It's not going to be a, a Johnson, I shall not seek, I will not accept. Right. I think it'll, he'll want to go through the primary process and have the delegates and release them. And then I think um, that they will, that President Obama will get involved and that there will be three or four people that they'll allow the delegates to vote on. And that way they give Kamala Harris a shot, but they'll also give Gretchen Whitmer a shot. They'll give Gavin Newsom a shot. They'll give, you know, maybe maybe Andy Bashir. I don't know. But um, there are several people on the bench in the Democratic Party that are very sharp, young governors. And I think that, that, that Nikki Haley, getting back to what we were first talking about, there is a feeling in this country that is the best we can do a couple of 80-year-olds. Okay? And, and I, I've been as critical of Donald Trump, even though I am a, a card-carrying Republican. I've been as critical of Donald Trump as I have been as, as of Joe Biden because I'm intellectually honest. And I'm not one of these people that has ever been my side is always right. That's probably why I didn't win my congressional race 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, maybe the best policy, but not the best way to get elected. I, 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 I hear what you're saying there. Uh, you know, Listen, I am— on the opposite side of the political aisle from you, but I completely agree with you. And this has got to be the year, no matter what happens in this presidential election, this needs to be the year that we recognize the system isn't working. That if this is what the system gives us, these are the two best choices we've got. Something isn't right. I don't know what the answer is, but you know, there we, has we to be some kind of an primary, answer. We went to the primary system because we wanted to get away from the smoke filled rooms, quote, smoke filled rooms. But honestly, when that was going on, we got more moderate candidates that could get things done, you know. And and so, you know, sometimes you got to be careful what you wish for. <laughs> Ezra Klein in his uh, podcast for The New York Times this past week uh, talked about, he said, let's go back to, you know, an open convention. We don't do it anymore, but it used to be relatively normal. You know, we'd have an open convention. Yeah. People would come in and they would trade delegates and they would argue, you know, their cases and and uh, someone would come out of that, and that may well be uh, the where the uh, the Democrats, in particular, may want to think yeah, about conventions, going. Conventions are just shows now. That's what's happened in the last three or four cycles, and I don't think that's good for America. I think it's better to debate and to come to a thing. And look, you and I may be on opposite ends of the spectrum, but I bet we could sit down and talk about things. And you might like make a list. I had this discussion with John Lewis before he died. And I said, you know, John, we don't agree on anything, but you could put down 20 things you wanted to change. I could put down 20 things I wanted to change. And I bet we'd find three or four that overlap and we could get some things done. We got to get back to that. I, I agree. I, I, the, the, the scenario I've, I've always said, if you take a legal pad and I take a legal pad and we write down the things that are important, I bet when we look at the list together, we could circle four or five things that we put on both lists. 
So why can't we not then do those things that we agree with instead of fighting on the things that we disagree with? I, I agree with you. We had this. I hear a brother from another mother. What can I say? <laughs> we had Senator Manchin on the show with us yesterday. You know, Manchin is really big on this. We've got to find some better way to 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 work the system and to not to work the system, but we need to find a better system. We need to find a way to be more. The phrase I use all the time, Martha, is, you know, I used to really enjoy disagreeing agreeably with my Republican friends. You, it's hard to do anymore. It's hard to disagree agreeably because the polarization is so strong. It's true. It is true. Martha, real quick before I let you go, Georgia has kind of become a, a, a centerpiece of politics in the last, you know, what, five, six years, more so than, than I remember in the past. What, what's going on down there? Well, the biggest thing was, and this is my biggest beef with President Trump, he came to Georgia in January of 2021. He told people not to go back out and vote because the system was rigged. And 450,000 Republicans did not go back and vote, back out and vote in the runoff. And we got two Democratic senators for the first time in 25 years. And, and you know, it was, it was, I, and I really resent that because we have enough Republicans to win everything. In fact, in 2022, we won everything again. You know, Republicans, every Republican that was on the ballot won. Uh, but we, we have two Democratic senators, and that's okay. That's okay. They've actually, you have to work with them because they're your senators. But what's happened there is a lot of people have moved in. The metro area is solidly Democrat, which is about five and a half million people. And there's about six million people that live in the rest of the state that are solidly Republican. So we're fighting every election cycle. <laughs> Martha, it's good talking to you. I have to move on, but uh, maybe we'll do this again. I, I enjoy having you I on. I love it. And uh, chat some more. People can. Uh, Martha Zoller's, is it .com? What's your website? I know you have one. Yeah, MarthaZoller.com. And I'm also on Substack. I'm, I just ventured into the Substack world. So hopefully you'll take a look and follow me. All right, very good. And uh, I'll uh, put you on the Rolodex here. We'll give you a call one of these days. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. Martha Zollers, who is a talk show host out of Georgia uh, and a podcaster. She won the uh, Women of the Year for Talkers Magazine last year. And uh, she'll be up there at the convention this year to turn over her ground. And did you ever go with me to any of those conventions? I never did. I spoke with Michael on the phone a few times, yeah. uh, but no, never met him. Conve- I haven't done it for a long time. Those conventions were, were fun and interesting and um, and. Uh, I learned some things, met people. It was kind of, it was kind of neat. 8.35, 25 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. So the um, transportation secretary in West Virginia got stopped by the cops this week, and then the cops said, mm, go on about your business, never mind. Now, was something done wrong, and if so, by whom? We'll talk about that with Brad McElhinney coming up in a minute or two, plus more on what's happening in the legislature. Right now, though, let's go to Taylor Long in the Ohio Valley News Center of WTRF-TV. Good Thursday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this February the 22nd. Belmont County 911 officials confirmed with 7 News that they were fighting a house fire last night at 68287 Shermont Road in Lansing, Ohio. Officers received a call about the fire at 844 p.m. last night. Wolfhurst Fire Department, Brookside and Bridgeport were all dispatched to the scene. Part of National Road 40 was closed during the time of the blaze. Stay with 7 News and WTRF.com as we continue to learn more. 
Firefighters also had quite the night dealing with a massive wildfire in Powhatan. The alarm sounded at 1.47 p.m. and they were fighting the flames all day long. Teams from Shadyside, Powhatan and Marshall County all jumped into action. Plus, brush trucks and tankers from Bellsville, Belmont, Sunset Heights, Wolfhurst, Smith Township and Spirit of 76 were there as well. The fire spread across more than 20 acres. Stay with 7 News for updates. And authorities are still searching for a missing teen this morning. 17-year-old Malachi Robinson has been reported missing since February 6th of this year, more than two weeks ago. Detectives say he's a runaway from McCreary Center in Wheeling, where he is staying. If you see Robinson, officials say call 911. And some traffic updates this morning. If you're planning to drive through Brook County, a part of Eldersville Road in Fallensby is going to be down to one lane from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. today. They're doing some facility maintenance. Flaggers will be there to keep traffic moving. Just remember to slow down and be prepared for some minor delays. And Eastern Gateway Community College has put a pause on student registration beyond this spring semester. This decision made during a special meeting is due to the college's financial struggles. They're also looking to cut up to lose 40 jobs and save around $2 million annually. Youngstown State University has offered to take in new students during this pause. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Thursday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. Judge Ron Wilson was born and raised his family here in West Virginia. He is the most experienced judge in our mountain state. During his years serving the citizens of Hancock, Brook, and Ohio counties, Judge Wilson was selected to sit on the Supreme Court, was voted Judge of the Year, and was selected in 2023 for judicial excellence. Let's keep Judge Ron Wilson. I'm Judge Ron Wilson, and I respectfully ask for your vote. Paid for by the committee to keep Ron Wilson judge. JJ Weatherhold's status for the weekend remains an unknown. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. With the Kroger app, shopping online with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store. Same low prices, same personalized deals, same rewards on the same high-quality items like Honeycrisp apples and pasta sauce with no hidden fees or markups. It's one small click for groceries, one big win for busy families everywhere. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Kroger always gives you savings and rewards on top of our lower than low prices. And when you download the Kroger app, you can enjoy over $500 in savings every week with digital coupons. Plus, you can earn fuel points to save up to $1 per gallon at the pump. And with a Boost membership, you'll save even more with double fuel points and free delivery. So you can always save big every day with our savings and rewards. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When it comes to scheduling, there is no sport like college baseball. Games are added, subtracted, postponed, shortened, all because of the weather. Well, college football schedules are literally set. Ten-plus years into the future, college baseball games can be organized hours before they happen. Really, WVU officials announcing yesterday that this weekend series between the Mountaineers and Charlotte will now be four games instead of three. Why not? WVU is now scheduled to play a single game Friday and Sunday, doubleheader on Saturday. Whether or not the Mountaineers' top player, J.J. Weatherholt, will play remains a question mark. Coach Randy Maisie telling reporters yesterday that it is too early to tell whether Weatherholt, who strained his hamstring last weekend, will be able to go. Basketball now. 
The Mountaineers leaving tomorrow, two-game trip into the heartland of the Big 12, playing Iowa State Saturday, Kansas State Monday. The Cyclones will be more than motivated. They lost their big showdown with Houston on Monday. ISU remains in second place behind those first-place Cougars. The Mountaineers, thanks to Tuesday's win over UCF, are now out of the Big 12 basement. Oklahoma State holds that spot. And not sure if you looked this far into next month, but this expanded Big 12 Conference tournament means that there's an extra day. So if you're a bottom four team, you will play on Tuesday. And you would need to win five straight games in five straight days to win the title. Good luck there. Coming up tonight on MSN, the Josh Eilert Show from Kegler's will be with you from 6 until 8 p.m. That is today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. AM, online, on demand, and on video. We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here now. All that's left behind is a chain of broken dreams. But you know that I love you. You know that I love you. Oh, I love you. 19 to the hour, Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, it's... um. I thought uh, Martha Zollers was interesting. I liked her. I liked her too, Howard. I could listen to her. She um, she is a Republican. <laughs> you know, it didn't turn me off. Howard. Uh, well, I, you know, it, uh, it, I, I take a shot at this. You know, never know sometimes when I bring them on. But uh, I thought we got along fairly well. Of course, you can't please everybody, right? I get criticized all. All you ever do is talk to the liberals. All you ever do is talk to the Democrats. So I brought on Martha, uh, who is a strong Republican, big conservative. She runs a talk show host out of Georgia, the talk show out of Georgia, and is a nationally known uh, talk show host. But I get this off the Frio Stack auction service text line. Way to go, Howard. You found a rhino to bash Trump. That's bipartisan politics. Ha, 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 ha. Can't please anybody, you know. Can't please anybody anymore. I bring on someone because you say, all I do is bring on Democrats. So bring on a Republican. There you go. Um, I don't understand what this is off the Frio Stack Oxford's text line. Howard, Nikki Haley made a ton of money with defense contractors. Is there any country we haven't destroyed? Is that, you know, what that means? Not really. Okay, I'm just checking to make sure that I, I, uh, I got that. Howard, give up the ghost with Biden. He's done. The Dems are a basket case. They're throwing the election to the Republicans. Um, again, Ezra Klein had an interesting piece in his podcast in the New York Times last week saying, why don't we just go back the way we used to do it? Go to the convention. Yeah, and I think you you know, you know, got a little bit uh, pushback there. I, I guess you can call your president old. Just don't call him senile, Howard. Yeah, yes, exactly. That's okay. With me. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's go to uh, Brad McElhinney from uh, Metro News. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Howard, and I am thankful to be on here with you because we have a nationwide cell phone service outage, and mine is working anyway. I've, I've, I've been an exception, yeah, my, so I'm able, to, I'm able to reach out to you. My 9 o'clock guest has just sent me a note saying he can't make it because he was, he was going to be a cell interview, and he, has, he can't make it because his cell phone's not working. He sent me a – he could text me, I guess, but couldn't, uh, uh, couldn't call in. So 
So my 9 o'clock guest is done. So Slider and I are, are scrambling to figure out what we're going to do next hour. <laughs> but, so <laughs> thank, thank God you're here because if I lost you and the next guest, uh, it would be tap dance time. I'd be singing, and that doesn't work very well for, um, for – You'd be for, talking for, about fish sandwiches again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, today is National Chili Day. We did a whole hour on chili earlier this morning. Are you a chili fan? Yes, who is it? Who? Call in if you are not a chili fan, because we'd like to explore that issue. <laughs> we can do that next hour. Anybody does not like chili, give us a call. Yeah, we want to talk to you. <laughs> hey, uh, Brad, let's start with uh, this story about Jimmy Riston, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, it kind of came out of nowhere, I guess, yesterday during the governor's, I don't know what to call that thing anymore, his media speak, um, press conference, whatever. Uh, apparently the transportation secretary got stopped by the police in Charleston but was let go. Is that the basic story? Yes. And, you know, I, w- I will begin by saying I don't have any any special insights. Um, I- I'm somewhat familiar with the basic facts, which is the Riston, who has been uh, – began as the highways commissioner and then his role expanded to transportation secretary a couple years ago, um, was – said to be driving erratically on Charleston's East End, so in in the town area, and then was pulled over on I-77, just, you know, the, the interstate goes through Charleston. So right. he, he apparently had gone on to the interstate, but not that far outside of where he had been, pulled over and was stopped, and then was allowed to go on about his way. And, and there's a little bit of discrepancy about the format in which he was allowed to, to go on his way. The governor said that, that he was allowed to continue to drive. There is some reporting that he actually, that somebody came and got him. Uh, you know, the governor, when he was asked about now those are I'm, I'm sorry, he, I hadn't heard that second. Those are two dramatically different scenarios. Yeah, right. And what I don't know is, so another another set of facts. The, the Charleston Police Department later yesterday put out a statement saying, you know, we're going to look at how we treated this incident. We're going to do an internal review because it is not clear to me as, as somebody on the outside looking in if he was administered a blood alcohol test or, you know, please walk the line and touch your nose. Um, I, I privately brought up the issue of, well, you know, I mean, he's a West Virginian, and what if his blood sugar was low? Um, Mm -hmm. Could that have caused some erratic driving? Could it be innocent? And anyway, the the person I was talking to said, well, you'd still, you know, probably want a medic to check out the low blood sugar. And (laughs) maybe don't send him on his way either way if he's having, you know, a health crisis. Um, yeah, I'm not. So I, I'm not. A, I'm not a cop, but I would assume uh, if you and many people are happy, I'm not a cop. I'm not a cop, yeah. but I would assume if you stop someone for driving erratically, you would want to know why that person was driving erratically. And the point there is a very good one. It may not be any kind of illegal activity. It may not be drunk or what have you. But if it's a medical issue, you still don't want to put an erratic driver back out on the road. I wouldn't think, but I don't know. Right. So it's all under review. Um, Jeff Jenkins was handling the story for us and put out a question to the Department of Transportation to see if, you know, Riston wanted to comment. Um, and that would be, you know, in the public's interest as well as in his, I think. Uh, but we've heard nothing yet. Uh, he remains apparently on the job today, not suspended, not not fired. 
but we may learn more as the Charleston Police Department goes about its investigation. Although I will say also that, that is an investigation of their handling of the incident. If if a if a blood alcohol test has if the if the if the window for that has come and gone, it's come and gone. I, right. I don't think you can go back and do it. Right. So I, I don't know how much we'll learn really about Ruston's uh, judgment or condition. But it, it, I mean, it. I don't want to make too big a deal about it, but I also don't want to let it slide by. It's just, uh, oh, it just, you know, it just happened. I mean, I, to me, there is, there's some kind of there there. Something wasn't quite right. Why was he driving erratically? Again, I'm perfectly willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that it was for some legitimate reason. But then why was he sent upon his way? I, I don't know. Just it just something doesn't sit well with me on this. But I think partly it's because we just don't know enough about it yet. Yeah. And, you know, the governor was asked about it during this briefing. It, it was circulating yesterday morning as a matter of rumor because the public had seen it. It was a pretty heavily trafficked area where all of this happened and, and people saw it. So there were rumors going around to various news outlets in the Charleston area. And then WSAZ did ask the governor during this briefing. And, you know, he said that he had just heard about it himself. I believe him on that. Um, and I don't know that, although the governor is an authority figure and this is his at-will employee, I'm not sure he had enough information at the time, right. you know, to fully answer. So, that, but he's, He's the guy who went on the record, and he's who we know the most from. I, I see no connection whatsoever between these two stories, but when I read this, it hearkened back to, do you remember, and I think it was before he was even governor, when he was running for governor, Governor Justice got stopped by the state police. and Oh, he did, and there was coverage in the Bluefield paper because it was in that area. And to my reading, he big time, but the officer who pulled him over and gave him the, do you know who I am? Right. I, I should say, I don't, I don't think it was a drunken driving incident. No, no, I, I, I don't either. I said, I don't think they're connected. I just, I hearkened back to that when I, when I read the story about Riston. I, I remember that justice had been stopped. And I think you're right that the issue there wasn't so much what the police did is that justice did the, you know, do you know who I am kind of, of, of thing. Uh, and they let him go too. Not that I don't know. That I thought any of Bob Huggins. Well, yeah, that's a good point, too. Yeah, that's a good point, too. I, anyways, I, I don't think the story needs – I hope that we'll learn more about it. It's it's d- deserving of more information for the general public and, and certainly for, uh, you know, for the administration and so on. I, we'll see how it goes. Um, and this, the, it was the city police who pulled him over. They're the ones doing the investigating, so I assume it was the one, they were the ones who pulled him over. All that is true. And, you know, a, another question that I would have um, – that that hasn't been answered by anybody. Nobody's addressed it. Is it's a small state. A lot of people know a lot of people. Is is it a case where Riston knew the officers? Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know the answer, but I I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's why we need to get some more information out there. I'm I'm going to assume that nobody's going to get fired over over it. But I I you know it seems to me like it might be. It, actually, it strikes me as maybe it's in the police department's problem. Is why did they let him go? Again, not because he may have been drunk driving, because he was driving erratically. Something caused that. So, you know, another key fact is that he was driving a state vehicle. Um, so it was marked as a state vehicle. It's state property. You, the taxpayer, paid for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, the the use of the state vehicle after hours 
in a in a condition, whatever the cause of it, where you're driving erratically. And then when he was allowed to leave under whatever circumstances, what happened to the state's property, the vehicle that ta- the taxpayers paid for? Did it remain on the highway overnight? Did somebody did somebody who was capable of driving take it, take it somewhere? I mean, the state has a lot of vehicles, but that's the use of state property is another thing I wonder about. Uh, and, and those are legitimate questions. I think you know, some people will say that the media is just making too much of this. I can I can feel that coming at some point. But I think this is a very legitimate story to learn more about. I'm not willing to jump on anybody with both feet yet. I just think we need to learn a whole lot more about it. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we will. I want to shift gears for a second. I have not covered uh, talked with you much about what's going on in the legislature. And there's a lot going on there. A lot of culture war stuff that I call culture war stuff. Uh, one of the ones that the bills that intrigues me is the library bill, because. It was introduced, this is the one that removes the exemption from librarians, muse- museums, and so on for showing obscene, for having obscene material and makes them li- liable for criminal prosecution. What intrigues me is uh, it, it was introduced, and then I believe we thought it was going to fade away. I think it was just kind of parked someplace, and I thought we were gonna, it was going to fade away, and it's come back, has it not? It has not only come back, it's passed the House of Delegates. It has passed the House. Okay. So it's on to the Senate, and I don't know... I mean, I don't know what their appetite will be for that bill in the Senate. Um, they've been pretty calm this year, you know, on all fronts, on on both um, sort of traditional financial matters, on on what what you call culture issues. The Senate has just been sort of grinding it out in a quiet way this year. So I, I just don't know where that'll go. But uh, you're right. I. I would never say a bill is dead until day 60, and even at that, I'd probably offer a caveat. Well, <laughs> you know, there could be a special session. <laughs> but it, it, it faded into the woodwork for a while, the library bill, and then was back on the House Judiciary agenda, and I don't know what conversations go on. It, it could just have been that members of the majority caucus felt like you know, their voters wanted that bill, and, and so they maybe pushed it out through caucus. Um, I, I just don't I don't know why it faded away and then came back. You know, it's one of those bills that I think I sometimes wonder I, what the motivation was, and you just talked about that. I wonder if people think through what this could mean. I mean, the librarians and the museum directors who were there this week at the public hearings, and uh, I think made a pretty good point. Who's going to decide what's what's obscene material? I mean, yeah, we we can we can all agree over here these things shouldn't be there. But you know, I mean, the the obvious example we've talked about in the past and elsewhere in the country, what the Bible? A lot of obscenity in the Bible, a lot of sexual activity in the Bible. You know, is that is that prosecutable under under the? I mean, I don't know. I, I think that's that's what the the folks who are running libraries and museums worry about. What about some of the uh, major pieces of art and sculpture that have naked people, you know? Is that sexually um, obscene? It it just, the door is open way too much, I think. Um, And in this day and age, almost anybody can bring bring claim against them. Yeah. Yes, you know, so it it hinges on the definition of obscenity and then uh, prosecutorial discretion, as well as eventually theoretically, uh, a judge and a jury. The, the definition of obscene has, you know, it, things can be sexually explicit 
but if they also have artistic or literary value, then they would not be considered obscene under traditional definitions in America. But is that is that any recourse for you if you're a relatively low-paid librarian or um, or museum worker and you're putting materials on the shelves and maybe you know that there is an explicit passage in a book and you're thinking like, you know, can I afford a defense? <laughs> well, that's that's a, that's the issue, of course. Yeah, uh, if somebody does bring a, bring a claim, now you gotta you gotta defend yourself, and and how's it happen? Uh, Brad, I only got a couple minutes left. I have a couple things I could ask you about, but let me ask you: What are you watching? What are you concerned about? What is happening? What do we need to know about? Well, we're up on a kind of deadline. Next week is crossover day, and. That means that you got to get your bills out from one house to another for them to be really viable. Um, so there's going to be there's going to be a push. We're going to have a lot of logs in the river. A couple things happening today. Um, you know, you might have wondered where the pay raise bills were that the governor described as some of his priorities. Yeah, that, we we kind well, of thought those five were, weeks ago. We, we thought they were almost done deals, but I really haven't heard anything about them. Yeah, well, the the House Finance Committee this morning, actually in the nine o'clock hour, is taking up. Two of those, teachers and state police are in their, – their wage scales are in state code. So anytime they get a raise, it requires a, a bill to change those pay scales in state law. So that is one of the bills that House Finance has taken up today. I, I'm watching for, you know, is it really going to be the average 5% pay raise that the governor described? Right. Um the House Education Committee came out with even more, a, a pretty ambitious pay package. Uh, so we're going to see that. There is a, a bill for more pay raises for corrections officers being taken up by the House Finance Committee today. Uh, so a lot on pay in that 9 o'clock hour. And then on the floor of the House today, the the bill that would phase out the, the rest of the social the income tax on Social Security benefits, uh, that will be a three-year phase-out under the House's plan. That's that's up for passage today. Uh, of course, everything could hit a brick wall or, or change in the Senate, but, but that's signs of movements on financial issues that are important to people. Well, we'll follow what is happening down there uh, on your, your Twitter feed, your X feed, and also at uh, WVMetroNews.com. Uh, I assume you'll check in with Hoppy today. You usually do. Uh, I guess Hoppy's down there, right, today? Hoppy's here. I saw him in person, and I said, i got to go. Howard's waiting. I'm his only guest today. <laughs> Apparently so. Everybody else has AT&T. All right, uh, Brad, I appreciate your time so much. I always do. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Hey, thanks, Howard. Take care. All right, Brad McElhinney checking in. At least his phone worked. My phone works. Your Sounded phone good, works. yeah. Yeah, his phone worked. And check your AT&T phone. There's AT&T troubles out there, I guess. Some people's aren't working. All right, coming up next hour, we've got... Coming up next hour, we've got how much time we got to figure it out, Bob? We got about, uh, about three minutes, four minutes. All right, we got time to figure it out. We'll have, we'll have something really good for you coming up next hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Oklahoma, you're the reason God made Oklahoma. I'm sure missing.